19th century poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow famously wrote, Into each life some rain must fall, some days must be dark and dreary. Sometimes it seems like more than just some rain is falling. Barbara Rainey says followers of Jesus know something bigger is going on, even in the difficulties. Most people who have been through suffering, whether it's shallow, small things, or really deep, tragic things, can say on the other side, I didn't enjoy it, I didn't like it, but I knew God better. I came to know Him better as a result, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. I've heard so many people say that, and I would say it's true about us too. We've learned more about God in the valleys than we have on the high places and in the hills in the sunshine. Welcome to Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience God in your home. It's so good to have you joining us. How can you have hope in the midst of difficulties? That's something we're tackling today, specifically in the arena of marriage. Dennis Rainey is joining us in the studio today. Dennis, any married couple can tell you it doesn't take many weeks or months after the wedding to realize uh, it's not going to be completely smooth, easy, and happy. The, the, the forecast, in other words, does include some stormy weather, doesn't it? If you think about it, uh, the vows are built, the traditional vows, in sickness and in health, in financial success, and in also being poor. The basis of what we promise uh, when we establish the marriage covenant is that we're going to take the storm head on. We don't know what it'll be, but we're pledging to one another to not quit, but to keep on loving, keep on believing, and... Um, make our marriage go go the distance. And with Mother's Day approaching, we wanted to spend some time in a book you wrote, Barbara, as a mom. The book is titled Letters to My Daughters in the subtitle, The Art of Being a Wife. One of the chapters in that book deals with the subject of suffering. Is that because of what you and I have been through? Because we have been through some dark valleys together. Well, that's why it's in there, because it's been an integral part of our marriage relationship. It's in there because I think most brides, most young women, get married with some what I call fairy tale theology. They get married thinking that everything's going to be great for us. We're not going to have difficulties. Yeah, there'll be some uncomfortable moments, but we're not going to really have hard stuff, and we're going to we're going to be great. We love each other and everything's going to be great. And for those who are Christians, like you and I were when we got married, we also start our marriages out thinking, you know, we believe in God. So if we do it God's way, it's going to all be good. We're not going to have any hard things. And that was how I started our marriage, thinking A plus B equals C. If I obey God and I do these things that are in the Bible, then God, therefore, will give us an easy nice life. It's the hard stuff of life. This is a broken world. There is a heaven and it's not here. It's not now. Mm -hmm. God came in the person of Jesus Christ to give us an abundant life now and help us face these hardships. But it's like the, uh, the funeral you and I participated in earlier this year, uh, a dear couple that we loved greatly who, uh, buried their, the body of their 15 year old son. It's unthinkable. Mm -hmm. The grief of losing a child, 
no couple standing at the altar about to say their vows to each other can even fathom Mm -hmm. the grief, the loss, the agony, the darkness of the valley. And yet there's a lot of our listeners who are in it right now or who are about to go in it or who have been in the valley and they've come out the other side and they're nodding their heads. Mm -hmm. And I think that it also illustrates that the importance of building your marriage today because we don't know how many days we have. Our days are all numbered, but we don't know what the last number is. And so that reminds us that today is the day we need to focus on. Today is the day we need to live as if it were our last, even though that's hard to do uh, in a practical way. But we need to focus on making our marriage all it can be today, focus on getting to know Christ today, focus on growing today, so that when those hard times do come, and they will come, because Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, period, done. You will have trouble. And we don't like that. I never liked that verse. always kind of wondered why it was even in there. But It is because he's telling us the truth that we will have trouble and we will have difficulty. So the best way to prepare is to live each day on purpose and to live each day with focus and intentionality in your relationship. You don't prepare for the storm in the middle of the storm. I will never forget a Green Beret who came up to me at one of our weekend to remember marriage getaways way back when we started family life uh, years and years ago. And he came up and said, Dennis, as a Green Beret, we practice what to do in a crisis over and over and over again in training so that when we were in the crisis, it was second nature. We knew what to do. And I think what people need to look at is look at the Bible as the training manual. In fact, at this funeral that we went to of this uh, 15-year-old young man, um, an older man came up to us as we were at a table afterwards talking with some folks. And this gentleman came up and he said, I really appreciate what you had to say in the funeral. He said, uh, you quoted the scripture as being the source of life and perspective in the midst of a dark moment like this. And he said, I love what someone shared with me years ago, that the Bible is an acrostic, B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. I like that. Basic instruction before leaving earth. We need to know how to live now in light of eternity. And as a married couple, you have to know how to live together. And we've been through some hard things in in our family, some difficult challenges, and husbands and wives do not suffer the same. They do not process grief in the same way. We're different as male and female. And I'm so glad that Barbara uh, has this chapter in her book to coach women to know how to view suffering, how to view the valley in their marriage and not lose heart, not lose hope, but to not give up. Barbara, some of the valleys we experience are deep, like we've just mentioned, the death of a child. They're excruciating. They're painful. But for a lot of wives, the valley might not be as deep, but it's long. It's just a general discontentedness about life and where you are. It kind of drags on you every day. So if a wife is in that moment where she's saying, this is not what I thought life was going to be, she might not even think of it as suffering. It's more like, this is not what I thought marriage was going to be. I thought having kids would be 
more fun than this. What should a wife do at moments like that? Well, first of all, I want to say that 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 is suffering. It's just a different kind of suffering because I think that is a common experience for many, many women. I think a lot of us go through seasons of life, whether it's because of hormones or it's because of the season that our kids are in. I remember a season like that for me in the late teen years before we became empty nesters. And I remember being so exhausted every day. I think there's a cumulative effect that a lot of mothers feel that just kind of builds. And so by the time you're in your 40s or pushing 50, there's this general fatigue with life. And I think that is a kind of suffering because we do live in a broken world. And that is a difficult thing to deal with because it affects everything about you. It affects your marriage, your kids that are still at home, uh, your perception of yourself, your perception of life, your enjoyment of life. And so I, I think that those really can be called kinds of suffering. So the answer, and I don't want this to sound like a, a pet answer because there isn't a pet answer, but I think the bottom line is continuing to believe God that he is in control and that this too shall pass. Those were long years for me. And I remember to having conversations with Dennis wondering, am I ever going to feel normal again? Am I ever going to feel like I used to feel again? Or was that just for my youth? And that is gone and it will be gone forever. And I think a woman can feel real insecure about that. And I think men can too, because men can go through those things too. But I think it's more common for women. So I think that um, continuing to believe that God is at work, continuing to believe that he is with you. Um, There are a lot of passages in scripture where God says, I am with you. And so he does that repeatedly because he wants us to remember that he is with us. But I think helping yourself remember, reminding yourself of what the truth is about God and his word and what he says about you as a person, that he loves you, nothing is too hard for him, and that he will never leave you and forsake you. And this is a season. And God will use it for good in some way. We don't always know how he's using it. I don't know how he's used a lot of things in my life. I can't look back and describe it to you, but I believe that he has used it for good in my life. So it's pulling back and looking at the big picture. I describe this as as watercolor painting in my book because one of the things about creating a painting is you come up with an initial sketch and you've got to decide where the horizon line is and what's going to be your focal point. And so often when you're doing a painting of any kind and even a sculpture, although I don't do that, but I think the same principle is true with any kind of art, you have to pull back. So one of the things that's important about doing a painting is you walk six feet away and look from it or maybe even farther. And you see the whole more clearly when you're away from it. And so the same is true in our lives. We need to pull back, remind ourselves of the big picture. God is in control. He still loves me. He's working good in my life, even though I don't see it or feel it. And I don't know what the outcome's gonna be. And I can trust him. And I think the message is, don't quit when it gets hard. Our temptation is to wanna run away when things get hard or when things get difficult, um, to escape from the pressure, escape from the pain, escape from whatever it is that you're feeling as a result of the suffering. But God is saying, no, stay there. I'm with you. I won't abandon you. 
and I'm going to use this for good. So my encouragement to wives in particular is don't give up and don't quit. Don't quit on your faith. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your man because God will deliver. He will come through and he will show up. And back to the motif or the illustration of uh, watercolors, I've watched Barbara create um, paintings and it's fascinating for how she shows off light. Now, you'd think that'd be pretty simple, but to a non-artistic person like me, it's fascinating how you use dark colors to show off the light. And what Barbara's actually talking about here is, I think, that God allows the darkness, God allows the valleys, He allows the disappointments, the unmet expectations, those things to come into our lives to create some contrast that will call us to trust him. Because frankly, if everything went our own way... And well, we wouldn't need him and we, we wouldn't, wouldn't trust him. We wouldn't need God. Mm-mm. And we could live our whole lives just being quote unquote happy. Well, you know what? That isn't going to happen. <laughs> You're right. not going to be able to live quote unquote a happy life. Would you say it's true that a wife might try to look at the valley, the the discontentment she's experiencing and point her finger at her husband as being the source of her problems? I mean, it's very easy to blame somebody else. And that's one of the hard things about marriage is that it's so easy for both of us, husband or wife, to blame the person that's right there because they're handy. And it's real easy to find fault and say, well, if you only, my life would be so much better. But that's not really what the reason is. The real reason is, is that God, because he's our father and he's a loving, kind, gracious father, is so patient and he's saying to us, you need this right now. This will be for your good for right now. I know you don't like it. I know it doesn't feel good, but I've got purposes and I've got plans for you and you will be glad in the end. And most people who have been through suffering, whether it's shallow, small things or really deep, tragic things, can say on the other side, I didn't enjoy it, I didn't like it, but I knew God better. I came to know Him better as a result, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. I've heard so many people say that, and I would say it's true about us too. We've learned more about God in the valleys than we have on the high places and in the hills and the sunshine. I just want to read a couple of passages just based upon all Barbara's talking about here. And if you're going through a hard time, I'd like to recommend the bestseller, the Bible, and the book of First Peter, which was written to a group of people who had been scattered and who were followers of Christ. And they were called the diaspora. They were scattered saints having to represent Christ in cultures that punished them for well, it. Well, and they weren't just scattered because we tend to think of scattered as they're just living in different places, but they'd lost homes, possessions. I mean, they had really experienced some difficult traumas that, that we face today when houses burn down and we go bankrupt and we lose everything. So that puts a little more context in what these people were living in. So I, I just want to read what God wanted to say to some folks who were going through hard times. Just listen to how God coaches and gently nudges people who are in the valley. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, 
always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. But listen to this conclusion to this passage. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So you hear the scripture calling us to have the right perspective of our valley. Don't just look at it from a human perspective. I know I've mentioned it twice in this conversation, but it still resonates within my soul. How else can you make any sense out of the death of a 15-year-old boy? What's the human perspective that can explain that to a mom and a dad and uh, two brothers and a sister? There's only one book that can do that. There's only one God who defeated death, who is in charge, who is in control, and can be trusted. Okay? So wherever you are, maybe pull out this book and read 1 Peter chapter 3. And then across the page, go look at chapter 4, verse 12, and listen to what Peter says here. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> I got to stop there because I think we as human beings are really odd. We think when we get married, there's never going to be a valley. It's in the fine print of the marriage covenant. You're going to go through testing, through trials. Listen to this, verse 13 of chapter 4. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or an evildoer or as a meddler, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. The, the Bible so calls us away from our temporary thinking, from how I'm feeling right now, and it's calling you not to live by feelings, but it's calling you to faith. Are you going to believe that that's true? Are you going to trust that God does know what he's doing? And as a couple... Will you allow the things that are coming at you to bind your hearts to his, first of all, to God's, but then secondly, to one another and not give up? And as Barbara said, not quit and not toss the towel in. We're talking to people right now who have secretly or maybe verbally threatened divorce to their spouse. I mean, it's, it's commonplace in our culture. This is the biblical way to look at suffering and the biblical way to run the race all the way to the finish line. So I'm hearing at least two takeaways from this conversation. First, recognize that storms will come and use the sunny days to prepare, be proactive. And then second, when trials and difficulties do arise, step back from the painting, look at it from a bigger perspective. A wife really needs to counsel her own soul with the word of God. And she needs to to realize that God wants to use the hard times for the good of her marriage. It's not just for her good or her husband's good or for the betterment of some circumstance, but God really wants to use these difficulties 
to help them as a couple, a husband and a wife, grow closer together. We suffer differently. We handle things differently. But that's a part of what God wants to do to help us become more one is for me to share what I'm feeling when we're suffering and for me to listen to Dennis share what he's feeling or when he doesn't share what he's feeling to trust that God is at work in his soul. And as we go through that experience together, it bonds us together more than on days than when we're not struggling. And what I'd have to say to that is I wish at this point I could reach through the phone or a computer or your car or wherever you're listening and just put my arm around you and say, oh, we have such a shallow view of love. Mm-hmm. We think love is is like the movies depict it, to a couple walking off in the sunset arm in arm with the soft breeze and the music swelling and, you know... Uh, people applauding. The reality is a lot of love is learned in the valley where two people aren't feeling the same thing, where two people aren't finding a lot of romance because there's no room in the valley sometimes for romance. It's where two people learn how to really love because they meet the God of love in the valley and they begin to understand that he loves them and that's what they're supposed to reflect to one another. Well, again, Barbara's book is Letters to My Daughters, The Art of Being a Wife, and it includes a section on facing suffering and difficulty in marriage. You'll find it in our store at everthinehome.com, and right now you can save 20% off the regular price. That's everthinehome.com. Well, thanks for listening today. May your home and your marriage reflect the beauty of Jesus more and more. Hope you can join us next time for Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey. And now we'll close with this from Big Tent Revival. Well, this here's a song about two sets of Joneses, Rothschild, Evelyn, Reuben, and Sue. And just for discussion through random selection, we've chosen two couples who haven't a clue. Rothschild was lucky to marry so wealthy Evelyn bought him a house on the beach Reuben and Sue, they had nothing but Jesus And at night they would pray that he cared for them each And the rain came down And it blew the four walls down And the clouds, they rolled away And one set of Joneses was standing that day Evelyn's daddy was proud of young Rothschild He worked the late hours Number one Just newlyweds And their marriage got rocky He's flying to Dallas She's having a son Reuben was holding Gideon's Bible And he screamed It's a boy So that everyone heard And the guys at the factory Took a collection And again God provided For bills he'd incurred And the rain 
Yeah. 